I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's Thursday edition of the We Are podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Prugar, and I thank you for listening in today. Uh, First things first, let's get to Journey Brown. Uh, Following practice Wednesday night, James Franklin announced that Journey, uh, his career has come to an end. Uh, Journey released a statement as well on, on Twitter and it reads, I can still remember the time I truly fell in love with the game I've been playing since fourth grade. Back then, it was a game played for fun, but when I was a sophomore in high school, my life changed, and I fell in love with football. All I could think of was when I, when can I play? How can I get better, and what can I do to be a better teammate? And at that moment, football became less of a game for me and more of a lifestyle. That lifestyle put me in position to be blessed to have a chance to play football at Penn State. My first year here was rough at times, but you... When you love the game of football as much as I do, you put your head down and work through scout team, lion's den, and the waiting and the watching. I finally had the opportunity to showcase what I was born to do and hopefully set myself up to achieve my lifelong dream of playing in the NFL. Unfortunately, the dream will never happen or will never be realized as I've been diagnosed with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which will force me to medically retire from the game of football. This brings closure to... A situation that began back in early September when he was first diagnosed through just regular, just regular COVID testing. Um, that was when it was found, and and unfortunately, th- through even a multitude of tests and, and second opinions, the the test came back that he had it, uh, and it f- further brought closure to to what really had potential to be an incredible career. Following his performance in the Cotton Bowl, Journey Brown was thought to be a a second, third-round pick. Uh, And coming back this year with potentially a chance to boost his stock, it was thought that he could even be drafted in the first round. That's how good his potential was. Uh, This is a kid that that rushed for 700 yards and, and 10 touchdowns in a single game. Again, uh, against Dubois in in high school, so this is a kid that that really had a lot of potential, and unfortunately, um, today his career came to a close. And while that's unfortunate, you feel for you feel for a kid that that works hard to get to to what he wanted to achieve, only to have something that wasn't within his control um, take that dream and 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 take it away from him. Uh, so that's that's another that's another blow to a Penn State team that's really been dealt with with a lot. It does bring a little closure to the situation. I mean, coming into the year with Journey, the Penn State running backs were were what were could have thought to be one of the best running back groups in the in the country. Now, obviously, that has been proved to not be the case. Uh, 
you come out first drive of the game against Indiana, his backup gets hurt for the season, um, and Noah Kane, and and it's just been one thing after another with the running back room at at, at Penn State. But since then, Journey's been on the sidelines. You can see him visibly cheering up his teammates. And, and James Franklin said following practice uh, Wednesday night that, that he's been a pseudo-assistant coach for, for Jawan Sider uh, and the running backs. So to the, the character of Journey, I think, is, is far greater than the, than the player aspect of him. And I think that speaks volumes. This is a, this is a kid that's been dealt a, with a lot of things at, while at Penn State, whether it be starting on the scout team, whether it be the loss of a loved one like he had gone through last season. So it, it's tough. This is a kid that, that's been dealt a lot. The kid from Meadville, PA. Um, it, it's a shame. It, it truly is. And it, it brings just the human aspect of the game that much closer because it can be taken away from you just like that. You know, all it takes is one test. Now, it wasn't COVID-related, uh, which I think is a blessing in disguise. But it, it just it puts that magnitude of, you know, how, how just special it is to play the game and, and to play a game that you love. You sit here and you analyze this, that, and the other thing. And unfortunately, it's just a situation where it, it's something out of his control. And you hope that, and that he has... Uh, a long life ahead of him, and I would hope that he does. Uh, but this is something that he's got to live with, not just for today and tomorrow, but but for the rest of his life, and and that's tough. But getting uh, so that we have closure in that situation, and I think that's played a large part in how Penn State has been um, distracted off the field. This is a guy that that's a team guy. He's probably one of the most respected guys in the locker room. Um, and one of the most respected guys in the locker room in, in the last number of years. Um, his his teammates love him. His coaches love him. And the fans were, were loving his production on the field as well until he until this. But it's one thing that, it, that the door is closed. Um, so that's one less thing that Penn State has to, I, I don't want to say worry about, but it's one less thing that they have uh, to distract them. And he'll still be with the team. Uh, he's traveled to every game so far this season. I would expect him to be in Nebraska on Saturday. So with this behind them, they can get into the real nitty-gritty of of their season now. They can they can move on and, and get into this. Now, with that said, uh, Franklin changed some things up this week at practice. Uh, he held their first, and this is, I think, astonishing, but given the circumstances of, of the world around us, not necessarily shocking. The first team meeting in person they held Tuesday. It's November. The season started roughly mid-September. And, you know, the players have been on campus since uh, late August. And this was their first in-person team meeting. To me, that's astonishing. But given the circumstances, you know, I it, it completely is understandable. So that is difficult. Uh, and, and that's crazy to wrap my head around. But Penn State then went out, according to Franklin, and had their best practice of the season. So, um, and it wasn't just the first team meeting uh, that, that happened. There were multiple, multiple changes. So, um, no longer did they do the team Zoom sessions, which I think is, is imperative to bringing just the team, co- team closer and having that unity. But um, they held it in Haluba Hall, which is the practice facility. 
uh, the indoor practice facility at the Lodge Football Complex, and they had everybody spread out and did it in person. Now, what's crazy also to think is that there are players that Franklin had to explain how to have a team meeting to uh, with, a, with a roster of, of nearly 30 freshmen. Uh, not many of them had ever experienced, if any had experienced, a, a full team meeting. So that was kind of that was kind of weird, but also for the staff members uh, that have only been around since the spring didn't know how to how they did team meetings, um, and then they went out and had a had a great practice. So that's uh, important for Penn State moving forward. Obviously, practice is a big part of it, but to to be able to to do those things and have that opportunity, I think is is huge for the Nittany Lions as they get prepared um, for Nebraska. Now, also. Um, Unbeknownst to me and, and many people, uh, they were split, up, split apart three different locker rooms. So typically they would have their locker room in the Lash building, um, or just state-of-the-art. But due to constraints uh, locally, they were spread out through three different um, three different locker rooms. So they were in Haluba Hall, they were in the Lash building, and then they also had locker rooms in the ice arena at uh, the Pagula Ice Center. So this week they condensed them to two locker rooms and Haluba and uh, Lash, which with hockey season starting, it's completely understandable why they would do that. But also just being able to, to bring that team closer together and, and get more of a team aspect and a team feel, I think uh, could bode very well for Penn State as they head to face the Cornhuskers Saturday afternoon. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. to Nebraska. A Penn State-Nebraska game uh, throughout the history of college football is, has, a, has an incredible magnitude. Two blue bloods, uh, two teams that have been historically successful in all aspects 
of their program, Nebraska with 902 wins, Penn State with 898 wins. What is crazy is that none of those wins have come this season. Penn State at 0-3 with losses to Indiana, Ohio State, and Maryland last week. And Nebraska 0-2 to to start their season. Uh, If you were to say to me at the beginning of the year, uh, do you think week three uh, Penn State would be heading to Nebraska for a for a game and neither team would have a win. I would have, I would have laughed at you hysterically and, and thought nothing of it, but here we are. Um, you know, it's, it's a big 10 matchup. They've only the fifth, uh, matchup, uh, between the two teams while they've been in the big 10. Um, they're the seventh and eighth winningest programs in, in FBS. Uh, and, and with the way that the schedule is, um, in the Big Ten this, uh, throughout time with, with the 14 teams in the league and, and the two divisions, they only meet once every essentially four years. So the next time they will face off is 2024. So uh, it's kind of crazy that you have two teams like this on, on opposite sides of the division that or the conference that rarely play. Um, but we, the Penn State heads into this game winless, desperate, uh, now, so does Nebraska. Nebraska at zero two, and in Scott Frost's third year, this this is about as desperate as you can get. They're going to be desperate, um, trying to get a win for Scott Frost, who really hasn't brought Nebraska back as much as people thought he would uh, when he took the job. Now, Penn Penn State, on the other hand, James Franklin's established himself in the last six years at. at with the Nittany Lions and in Happy Valley, where they have been successful, um, with his um, contract extension last last winter, you know he's going to be in Happy Valley for the foreseeable future, and I don't think that they're going to get rid of him, despite what their record might say this year. Uh, obviously, there's a built-in excuse with COVID, but I really just don't see it happening. I think the one bad year out of six is. Um, isn't enough to to even turn the seat um, lukewarm, but there will be answers that need to be had. Um, since the beginning of the season now, uh, the receivers have, have really played well uh, so far, and I think it's going to be a great matchup with Jahan Dotson uh, going against the Nebraska secondary. He's, he's 23rd in the country with five receiving touchdowns and leads the Big Ten with 361 receiving yards with – the bulk of those coming the last two weeks of the season, or two last two weeks against Ohio State and against uh, the Terrapins, he's also one of three in the in a football bowl subdivision to total at least three hundred and fifty receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns in the first three games, and the first Big Ten player to do so since at least two thousand, which I think is incredible because as coming into the season he was um, the the most experienced, but he hadn't been quite that seasoned uh, to start so. First year under under Taylor Stubblefield, I think, is going well for for Jahan Dotson, and and joining him uh, in that group at, with with being a standout is Parker Washington, who's had um, so far a great season as a true freshman. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare going against uh, Nebraska secondary on Saturday. Now, Penn State, as we talked about uh, previously uh, in the first segment, they're one of the youngest teams in the country with eighty one underclassmen. Um, you know, 31 true freshmen, 24 redshirt freshmen, and 26 sophomores to just 10 players in their final year of eligibility. That, to me, is crazy. 
Um, and I think, and that is very much why I think that the class of twenty one recruiting success is is you know it, it's it's not great. It, they're among the worst in the Big Ten, but at the same time, there might not be very many people leaving. Uh, as we talked a couple of times, everybody that's eligible this year, uh, their eligibility is the same as next year. So if you're a redshirt freshman, you're a redshirt freshman next year. So I think that's that's good to know. Um, now this is the first home game for Nebraska. Uh, they lost, or since uh, their Halloween game against Wisconsin was canceled due to COVID, um, they lost to Ohio State to open the season, then uh, lost to Northwestern last week. But the Nebraska rushing attack does ranked second in the Big Ten with 217 yards per game. Uh, can Penn State stop them? Uh, it, it remains to be seen, obviously, but Penn State has struggled out of the gate defensively, getting scorched for 14 points uh, within the first 10 minutes of the first quarter uh, against Maryland. They just were not comfortable. It looked at times like they didn't know what they were doing. They were out of position. And I think, to an extent, Brent Price's defense with, with the youngsters is just a little too complex. I think there's a lot of thinking going on and when you think you're slow and when you're slow obviously it's easy to get deep beat deep um and with that said you know Rakeem Jarrett for the Terrapins was found by Talia uh Talia Tagovailoa on two crossing routes uh, what seemed to be identical plays for for long touchdowns and when you have that type of miscommunication in the secondary and, and on defense that really does not bode well for your success early. And, and Penn State was just never able to to climb out of that hole. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Penn State defense comes out and responds. Because against against the Terrapins, they came out and pitched a shutout in the second half. The only points that were scored were uh, Maryland's defense uh, as they returned a fumble uh, from Sean Clifford for a touchdown. So the Penn State defense showed up in the second half. Now can they get off the... I guess off the plane, uh, and go into Nebraska and look for six, some success early. Um, you know the Cornhuskers are led by uh, dual threat QB Adrian Martinez, who averages two hundred seventeen rushing yards per game uh, through two games, and he's leading the Big Ten with seven point one nine yards per carry. So it'll be very interesting to see if they can neutralize a quarterback like Martinez. So in which they haven't been able to neutralize a starting quarterback of that magnitude so far. And I don't mean magnitude uh, in talent. I, I mean it as a dual threat. Uh, they face three dual threats, three three dual threat quarterbacks uh, to start the season. Um, and they've not done very much to, to neutralize them. So it'll be very interesting to see how they can handle it. Now, for the Penn State offense... They've got to find some sort of rhythm. They've got to get the ball to their playmakers, uh, both in Dodson and Washington. But I think further, they really need to win the game up front. And that is just an area where they have struggled mightily um, throughout the first three games of the season. Uh, to me, watching Sean Clifford in the pocket, he's hesitant. He's he's rushing things. He's, he's just not comfortable. And when you have that, you know, it, it's not a recipe for success. It's going to be up to the Nittany Lions up front um, to get into a situation where they can be successful. And they have not been able to do it. And when you run an RPO-style offense, uh, run-pass option, you need that running game to be successful. And they've just not had that this season yet. So 
to get the running game going is going to be imperative to success against the Huskers on Saturday. Getting, you know, Sean Clifford to not be gun-shy is very... I was thinking about this in the press box uh, on Saturday night. I felt like I had deja vu. as I, I felt like I was watching Christian Hackenberg um, back when he was a Nittany Lion under James Franklin in his uh, final season. He was very gun-shy. He spent more time looking up at the blue, cloud, uh, blue sky and the white clouds than down the field uh, because of how porous the offensive line was then. This is an offensive line for Penn State that supposedly has the most talent uh, assembled. And they've just not performed. Now, there are some new techniques they're learning under uh, Phil Troutwine. So it's going to take some time. And, and with all of the, the install and everything coming virtually, we're starting to see just how far behind they are because of it. And now with the in-person meetings and, and really being able to, to get back in person, I think, and getting back to that some sort of normalcy, I think it's going to bode well for for Penn State moving forward, not just against Nebraska, but as they get deeper into the season. Because even at 0-3, there isn't a team remaining on the schedule to date that has a winning record. So whether Penn State can get in the win column uh, against Nebraska, I think, is determined. But you're going to have two desperate teams, two desperate blue bloods, um, and I think that's going to really be a treat for fans as as we watch and, and look for two teams searching for their first win on Saturday. And and hopefully Penn State can come out and, and play a complete game, which they haven't. So it'll be uh, very interesting to see how they how they come out, uh, whether they play for Journey Brown, whether they just go fully into the tank, whatever happens. Uh, we're going to find out here Saturday at noon uh, as they travel to Nebraska. Thank you again for listening, and enjoy your weekend.